So my name is Nate, and I'm on staff with Masterplan. I, I graduated about seven years ago with a degree in chemistry from this school. Any chemistry majors here? Yeah. There's got to be some. I know Daniel's one. Anybody else? Yeah. Samantha, I knew that. Any, some of you guys will end up being chemistry majors just because <laughs> they have a way of trapping you. I, I hate chemistry, and they, they sucked me in. So I don't even know how it happened, but it, it did. But anyway, welcome to Fort Lewis if you're new. If you're coming back after an awesome summer away, we are so glad to see you. I know my wife and I, and I know Russ and Linda, we pray for you guys all the time. We've been praying for you individually almost every day this summer. And for all you new people, we haven't been praying for you individually all summer because we didn't know you. But uh, we're excited to get some of you guys, you know, like you and Taylor back there. A few of you guys, Chase, I didn't know you were praying for you until, like, today. <laughs> but I know you need it. No, today, seriously, in my quiet time, I put you in my, in my, in my iPod so I wouldn't forget. So, so you're in there. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> that's another reason to sign up, guys, is because you get prayed for, whether you like it or not. So definitely sign up. But anyway, bear with me tonight. I'm going to use a lot of verses. I hope that doesn't bore you. But God's Word has a lot more to say about life than I do, at least a lot more that's worth hearing. And so I'm going to try and keep it centered on God's Word, and I hope that encourages you. And I'm going to try and keep it short. We'll try and be out of here within the half hour or less. But I wanted to start with Acts 17, 26 through 27. It says, From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. So the fact that you're here at Fort Lewis College is not an accident. God decided already the times and the places that you would live. Isn't that cool? So it's not just like, man, I couldn't get into Harvard, so I came here. Right? But now the admissions are kind of high, so maybe it's almost on level with Harvard. I don't know. So is it 3-0 to get in here now? If you're out of state. If you're out of state? Wow. I heard 2.0. Okay. I heard it was a 3-0 the other day, and I was like, wow. Glad it wasn't like that when I came. So anyway, but he decided that you should be here now. This is not an accident. There's a purpose for you here at this place. It's not just some school that you're going to because it's cheap. Right, Dwayne? God has reason for you to be here. Right? It's not just an accident. You came from where? Uh, Erie, Colorado. Erie, Colorado. Gosh, it's not an accident you're here. And for you Durango kids, it's not an accident that you're here. God had a reason. And he tells us what that reason is in the next verse, in 27. It says, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us. And so the whole reason God brought you to this point was so that people around you would start to reach out for God and maybe even find him, right? Because they're looking at you and they're saying, man, Jonathan, there's something different about you. Why, why do you have joy? Why do you have hope? We actually had one of, the, uh, one of the atheists on campus come down one day to the snack bar. We all sit in the snack bar, by the way, so come down and hang out with us sometime. But he came down and he goes, why are all you Christians always smiling? And uh, I said, what do you mean? He goes, is that person a Christian? I said, yeah. Is that person a Christian? Yeah. What about that old guy over there? Is he a Christian? I said, yeah. He goes, they're all smiling. Me and my friends don't just sit around and smile at each other. <laughs> and, so, and so, anyway, but you guys, right, God, God gives us joy that this world does not have, and people notice it, right? And so God put you here so that people might reach out and find Him. So there's a purpose for you being here. Last week you guys heard me say you're either going to go up or down, you're going to either just survive or you're going to thrive at this school. Does that make sense? You can go either way. You're not just going to stay where you're at now. And your faith is about to be tested more than you ever imagined. If you're coming in as a Christian going, man, I hope I stay strong. That's my hope for you too. But I want to warn you, your faith is going to get rocked at this school. It's going to get tested more than it's ever been tested in your life. In Romans 14.4, God promises that he can keep you from falling. 
He can keep you from falling. He can make you stand firm. And so tonight, I wanted to start out the semester talking about how do you stand firm in your convictions? How do you stand firm in your beliefs? How do you stand firm in your faith? So it's kind of like a a little bit of a hardcore topic to start the semester off with. I think it's going to encourage you guys a lot. And I hope you walk out challenged and ready to to rock this campus for Jesus, okay? So I want to start out with a quote by G.K. Chesterton. And he described the opposition that's going to come at you this way. He said, you are free in our time to say that God does not exist. You are free to say that he exists and is evil. You may talk of God as a mystification or a metaphor, but if you speak of God as a thing like a tiger, as a reason for changing one's conduct, then the modern world will try to stop you if it can. They're going to come right against you and stop you. Okay? We are long past talking about whether an unbeliever should be punished for being irreverent. It is now thought irreverent to be a believer. Okay, that has never been more true than it is today on this campus. The one taboo is being a Christ follower. Okay, it's the one thing that the world says you can't do. You can do anything else as long as you don't follow Christ. So you're going to get hit with this opposition. Professors are going to try to destroy your faith. You might even have professors say, you cannot keep your faith and pass this class. We've had that happen to students. We've had professors in class saying that you should consider suicide as an option. Okay, you're going to get hit with stuff in class. That, that you got to be ready for. Your friends are going to try and manipulate you to be who you are not and to do what you don't want to do. So just get ready. I mean, you're going to have friends saying, let's do this, let's do that. Who are you really? You're going to get these types of opposition. The pressures of life are going to try and distract you from the God that you love. And fear, passivity, laziness, and comfort zones are going to try and keep you from the life that God has for you. Those are all things that you're going to face in this next four years of your life, or five or six, or eleven, <laughs> however many. Rob, you're leaving, dude. Rob graduated while, he's been here like, what, six? Two years ago. Two years ago he graduated. So you've been here six years, right? And now, this is your last connect? Yeah. Man, okay, well afterwards we're going to have to make some big stink about that. Anyway, Rob's cool. If you're new, you got to meet Rob before he leaves. But anyway, so I want to encourage you tonight to take a stand in those situations. It's going to be hard, guys, but it's possible. Okay? 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 puts it this way. It says those, those troubles that we're going to face, that opposition, it says they're light and momentary troubles. They're not that big a deal when I put them in the context of eternity. And it says that they are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And it goes on to encourage us to fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. To fix our eyes on what's eternal. And that's God, you know. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 tells us we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, a lot of people are watching you. And that's true about this campus. People are looking at you. They're like, who's the Jake, are you a Christian? You know, they're like watching you. You know, people in your class, people around you, they're looking. Chase, how are you going to act? What are you going to say? You might not even know, but we're surrounded by this this cloud of witnesses, a lot of people watching us. And it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. And then get this, here's, here's the awesome part. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. So in those struggles, guys, let's get our eyes on Jesus, focus on Him, and run that race that He's called us to here at Fort Lewis College. So I hope this is encouraging. Now, if you'll follow Him and take a stand for your beliefs, you're going to flourish here. But it really goes back to taking a stand for what you truly believe in. For being true to yourself and for being true to your beliefs. Not selling out because the world says you have to. Now here's a little definition for taking a stand. So I'm going to repeat this twice. Taking a stand means supporting and demonstrating your core beliefs in your identity, speech, and actions even when those beliefs are opposed by the mainstream. Got it? So supporting and demonstrating your core beliefs 
in your identity, speech, and actions, even when those beliefs are opposed by the mainstream. That means defining yourself as a Christ follower to the world around you. This is who I am. These are my beliefs, and I'm taking a stand on them, even when you tell me I can't do that. Now, Nita Sultan, any of you guys remember this name? She was in the news this year, and she is a great example. She did this with her very life. She was protesting the injustice of the Iranian elections this year. They had this just totally make-believe election where they shot down the Democratic candidate that was trying to win there. And as she was out protesting, as a college graduate engaged to be married, she got shot in the chest and killed, shot right in the heart and killed. She died in less than two minutes after being shot. Her fiancé shortly thereafter told the BBC, and this is a quote, he said, Nita had said that even if she lost her life and got a bullet in her heart, she would carry on. Isn't that amazing? She basically foretold the exact way she was going to die. And she said, look, even if that happens to me, I'm going to carry on. Me taking a stand is going to inspire other people. And coincidentally, her name in Persian means voice. And she's literally become the voice of the Iranian democracy movement. But see, she took a stand, and she took a risk for her beliefs. She was true to herself. She didn't stop, even though there was this physical danger that she was facing. So taking a stand for your beliefs means publicly defining yourself as a follower of Christ. And all this comes out of love. Okay, what do you love? What are you passionate about? I'm passionate about Aaron, my wife. I wear this wedding ring. How many of you guys would think it awkward if I quit wearing this wedding ring? Wouldn't you? Everybody's raising their hand. Okay. What, what, if, what if you asked me, Jatan, why did you quit wearing that wedding ring? And I said, you know what? I'm really ashamed for people to know that I'm married to Aaron. <laughs> well, what would you guys think? What do you think? Are you out of your mind, dude? Like, why would you marry her? Okay. What about Eliana? How many of you guys think my daughter's the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen? I do. <laughs> she turns one this Sunday. It's so cool. I, can't, I can hardly believe it. But anyway, what if I was ashamed to publicly define myself as Eliana's father? Wouldn't that be, like, kind of sketchy? What if somebody's like, is that your daughter? I'm like, no, dude, it's Brandon's. <laughs> okay? Brandon would never come back to connect, and, uh, and you guys would all think I was pretty weird. Okay? No, I love Aaron and Eliana. I love them with all my heart, and I'm excited for every single person alive to know that I love them. And see, Jesus said in Matthew 12 that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if I'm in love with Christ, there's no way the world is not going to see that in me. If he is my greatest joy in life, there's no way that I'm going to keep that a secret. It's going to come out. It's like Justin Matherson. He can't talk for, what, three minutes without somebody hearing that he's a believer? He calls me the other day and he's like, I led my waiter to Christ this week. So uh, anyway, (laughs) right? And then he ordered him a Bible and all that stuff. It's pretty sweet. But anyway, guys, see, he's passionate about Christ, and he's willing for the world to know about it. He's willing to take a stand for what he believes. So is Mikel over there, his his lovely wife, who's also expecting a lovely baby. I thought I could say that now, because the word's kind of out. Anyway, it's so cool. We're psyched for you guys. Justin's definitely telling everybody, so I don't feel bad. So anyway... When, when I truly love God, people around me are not going to miss it, guys. If I truly love God, people around me are not going to miss it. John Wesley put it this way. He said, light yourself on fire and people will come from miles away to see you burn. It's kind of a crazy way of saying, man, if, if I'm passionate about what I believe in, people are going to watch it. You know, they're, they're not going to be able to miss it. It's going to be right in their face. Tony Campolo described this danger of taking risks by standing up for what we believe, saying, so many people tiptoe through life so carefully to arrive safely at death. 
See, people aren't willing to take a stand for what they believe in. They're not willing to take a risk. They play everything so safe just so they can die and lose all that could have been because they didn't take risks. And, and I like to contrast that with a, with a really old quote. Did you guys see the movie 300? Yeah. Any of you? I didn't even see it. Okay, one of these guys' nights. We've got to watch that. None of this, uh, what was it? What's going on tomorrow night? Yeah. What, movie, what movie are you guys watching? It's not 300, right? No. Okay. Sweet. I was going to say, we should all go, guys. No. But anyway, guys, the Persian king that fought the Spartans that that movie was based on was King Xerxes. And he put it this way. He said, only by great risks can great results be achieved. Only by great risks can great results be achieved. And that's true. Guys, if I'm going to take a stand, it's going to be risky. But every time I take a risk, great things are achieved both in my life and in everything around me. Man, this ranch that Leah told you guys about, last year we had the opportunity to take a risk and trust God for a million dollars. Everybody said, you're crazy. It's the worst recession since the Great Depression. You're going to ask for a million dollars? Like, are you guys out of your minds? And uh, all the students here that were here last year, they led this ministry for the last six weeks of school. Russ and I were hitting the phones, talking to businessmen all over the country, and God provided a million dollars. It was unreal, guys. But see, if we never would have taken that risk, we never would have gotten this awesome training center that God provided. But see, we have to take risks. And it goes the same with each of us in taking a stand for our faith. It's a risk, guys. I remember my freshman year, I was in a math class, and they said, we're going to go around, we want to get to know each other, and everybody gets to say their name and what they're most passionate about in life. I started with the guy in front of me, so I was going to be the last guy, okay? So I had like... <laughs> A good 20 minutes for fear to just build and build and build, you know? <laughs> and the whole time I'm going, I know I need to say I'm most passionate about Christ, dude, but I'm scared out of my mind to say it. And it got to me, and I finally said it, and it was like freedom, right? It was just freedom. All of a sudden I could be honest about who I am and my true beliefs and who I am. to my. I could be true to myself and true to my, my faith and take a stand for Christ. And it was freeing and it was awesome. So take those risks, guys, and take that stand. So I want to encourage you to take risks by taking that stand for God here at Fort Lewis. We were talking this week about what's so alluring about the party scene. Why does it grab so many students and yank them away? And we were thinking, ah, you know, maybe it's sex, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's this or that. And I mean, all those things might have a little bit of an attraction. But Hetty, I think it was, said, I think the biggest thing that draws people is that there's a risk, Right? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It could be a little dangerous. You know what I mean? There's this risk that's kind of attractive to me. And I want to encourage you, instead of taking that risk in situations that could potentially destroy your future, take those risks for God in ways that are going to make you grow more than you ever imagined before. And they're going to really affect in a positive way everybody around you guys. So take those risks the right way. Remember David and Goliath. He defeated Goliath against all odds. And that's the kind of stand that we're called to make. One that's public and that's against all odds, where God can really come through for us. Okay, now this is the kind of stand we're supposed to take. 1 Corinthians 16, 13-14 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong, and do everything in love. What if we were that kind of people on this campus? What if we did everything in love to the people around us? One of the atheists today, we had all these open forums, some of you were there last year, came up to the campus and he goes, have you guys decided that I'm Satan yet? I said, nope. (laughs) And he says, well, by now you guys should have come to the conclusion that I'm pretty much Satan. (laughs) I said, no, actually no. He goes, what do you guys really think of me? Like, really? And I said, we love you. And he says, what do you mean you love me? 
He goes, how can you guys love me when I'm against everything you believe in? I said, we love you for who you are. And I said, in fact, I prayed for you this very morning. He goes, really? He goes, what did God have to say to me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I said, God had to tell you that he loved you. He goes, oh, God loves me too. He goes, did God tell you what university I'm supposed to go to? I said, no, that's, that's between you and God. But anyway, what I want to say, guys, is let's show that love to everybody on this campus, right? Let's take a stand for our beliefs and show that love to everybody on this campus. Show them whose we really are. Ephesians 6, 10 through 14 tells us three different times, take that stand. And Jude, verse 24, says he's going to keep you from falling and he's going to make you stand firm. So you're not doing this alone, guys. God is on your side. It's not like you just got to, it's not like Heather, you just got to like, like, I'm going to try and take a stand. It's like God is right there with you to help you take a stand. He's right there to empower you to take a stand. Now here is how we can take that stand. Philippians 1.27 tells us to take that stand with other believers. So we don't do this alone. What if you were all alone on this campus? Wouldn't it get kind of lonely and kind of, you'd be a little bit more afraid? Look who you have around you. And we're not even half of the Christians on this campus, okay? So you have a body of believers around you that's going to support you as you take a stand for what you believe in. We'll talk about that more later. So commit to fellowship. Commit to being in fellowship like this where you're going to be encouraged to be the person that God made you to be and to take the steps that he wants you to take. There are so many great places that you can do that. You don't have to take this stand on your own. Do it with each other. And then, ah, I love this story in Ezekiel 2. God tells Ezekiel, stand up. And then he says, and then the Holy Spirit came into me and lifted me to my feet. Isn't that cool? Okay, so you have God's spirit in you, enabling you to take this stand and empowering you to take this stand. In 1 Peter 5.12 and in Romans 5.2, it says, take that stand in grace. Now, here's the deal. God gave his grace to every one of you in here. And what that means is he gave you a gift that you didn't deserve. Now, if you are a believer, you can continue to stand firm in God's grace, knowing that I don't have to be perfect to take a stand. Does that make sense? I'm going to fall. I'm going to make mistakes. God's going to forgive me as I ask his forgiveness and trust him. And I can take that stand, even though I'm not a perfect person. Okay? Now, if you don't yet know Christ, what that grace means is that Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could have a relationship with him. And it doesn't mean you need to earn your way to God. It means you simply need to tell him that you accept the gift that he's given you of salvation and that you want him to come into your life and make you the kind of person that he wants you to be. And he really does. He transforms you from the inside out. So that's what it means to take a stand in grace, guys. To realize you're not perfect, and you don't have to be to take a public stand for Christ. You just need to be you, okay? And you just need to love God and let people see that in you. Okay, and uh, Romans 11.20 tells us to take that stand by faith. Now, when we take that stand by faith, Jesus put it this way in Matthew 7. He said we're building our life on the foundation of his words and putting his word into practice. That's what it means to live by faith. It means that I'm putting my faith in God's word, not my feelings, my emotions, or circumstances. And I'm saying I choose to live my life here at this school by faith in God's word. So as we take a stand in faith, it literally means that I am getting in God's word daily. It means I have a consistent time with God. We call it a quiet time, or some of us call it a connect time, where I connect with God every morning. I get in his word, I get in prayer, and I take that stuff that I'm reading and I put it into practice in my daily life. And as I do that, guys, I'm taking a stand by faith, because God's word is becoming real in my life, and I'm walking in faith based on God's word. Now, that connect time that I'm talking about every day with God, that's this James 4.8 verse that you see on the back of the t-shirts. James 4.8, it's on the back of all those shirts. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So you guys, when I go to God in the morning, and I say, God, this is a time for me to get in your word and to pray, it's not like, man, 
there's a 50-50 chance God is going to show up. This is God's promise. As I take that step towards Him, He is going to connect with me every single day. Isn't that amazing? Every single day He's going to connect with me. And out of that, I can take that stand for Him by faith. In Isaiah 7, King Ahaz of Judah is getting attacked by a, a huge army, an unparalleled army. Okay, And he kind of freaks out. He's like, how am I going to survive this attack? I'm going to die. You guys might feel just like that. Whoa, I'm one Christian. There are like 4,000 people that are going to attack me. Okay? You might feel the same way Ahaz felt. Now, God tells Ahaz, this is so cool. He says, I'm going to rescue you. You're going to win. All this stuff like that. But then he ends it with this. In Isaiah 7, verse 9. He says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. So God had promised him, look, you have the victory. He's promised that to all you guys. Romans 8, 37, you're more than conquerors. Okay? But he says, if you don't stand by faith, you're not going to stand at all. So that's the challenge, is when I take that stand, I've got to do it by faith in Him. Not just in my ability to, to say the right thing or something like that. Okay? Guys, so before I go any further, the goal is to take a stand, but I really want to remind you guys that you will fall, as will each of us. Okay? And when we fall, God's grace is still sufficient. So don't beat yourself up and say, I can never take a stand for God again. And I'll be honest with you guys, I've shared this story a few times, but my freshman year, I was the sponsored snowboarder, and I went to uh, Las Vegas for the snowboard convention. Pretty much every pro rider alive was there. It was a big deal. I got to hang out with Sean White for a while. He was 11 then. So uh, (laughs) it wasn't like the Olympic gold medalist he is now. But anyway, the sales rep for the company that I was sponsored by, we were videotaping and everything, and he was putting Jim Beam in a bunch of people's cokes, okay? And I didn't want to be like the weird kid that would say, I, I didn't want to take a stand. Be like, dude, I don't want to drink that, you know? So I felt like, man, <laughs> with all these pro riders, I'm at like the biggest snowboarding event of the year. Like, this is cool. I'm not going to take a stand right now. It doesn't feel comfortable. So I just kept drinking it, you know, whatever. And I woke up the next morning, guys, in the hotel room. I don't even know how I got back to the hotel room. I puked on my shirt. I looked down at my wrist, and I had a What Would Jesus Do bracelet on. And uh, the first thought that crossed my mind was, I'm never going to shame Christ like that again. I'm never going to do that again. From now on, I'm taking a stand by faith, and I'm trusting God. And I'm not going to shame Christ ever again like that. So you guys are going to fall, I promise you, okay? But come back hard, guys. Press into God. Realize He forgives you. And keep taking that stand for Him. And you don't have to fall. He can keep you from falling. But when you do, you can come right back to Him. All right? Because none of us are perfect. Okay, 1 Samuel 12, 16 tells us that when we take a stand, we're going to see God do a great thing. So how many of you guys ever thought, man, if only I could see God do a great thing? You know, you hear all these stories about other people that see God do great things. But don't we want to see it in our lives too? Don't we want to see God do something that people talk about, like for the next generation or two or three or ten? Or do we want to get forgotten when we die? I don't. Well, guys, if we want to see God do great things... It actually says there that if you take a stand, you'll see God do a great thing with your own eyes. So he's being very real there. If you want to see God work in a way that only he can, you've got to take that stand for him. You've got to take risks for him. And put it on the line, publicly step out there, and let people know who you really are. Okay, I don't know what kind of stand God wants you to take. I'm not sure what it is. I'm going to mention a few in a minute, but yours is individual. It's between you and God, and I can't tell you what you have to do. That's between you and God. And I think God's going to show you, and that's part of what I hope you get out of this talk, is personally how God wants you to take a stand. Because it'll be different for a lot of you guys. But as you do that, I want to leave you with a couple verses. In Joshua 24, 15, it says, Choose this day who you will follow. So as you're starting school or coming back for your second, third, fourth, or many more years, 
right now, I want you to choose who you're going to follow. Am I going to follow God, or am I not going to follow God? In 1 Kings 18.21, he puts it this way, and this is so cool. He tells the Israelites, he goes, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? He says, if God is God, follow him. It's real clear, guys. We're so distracted between two opinions. And he says, look, if God is God, follow him. And if he's not, don't. It's that simple. So I want to encourage you guys right now tonight to walk out of this place going, man, if my faith is God, I'm following him, and I'm taking a stand for him, and that's that. And if I don't yet know him, I would love to personally share with you tonight how you can know him more in depth than I just did a minute ago. Okay? So I want to encourage you right now, take that stand for him. If you fight to survive, you don't always win. A lot of times people fight to survive and they end up surrendering, okay, because they survive that way. But if you fight to win, guys, you always survive. So if you're thinking as you come to campus, man, if I can just survive, if I can just make it by, you're going to have a hard four years. But if you're coming in here going, man, I'm going to take a stand for Christ, and I'm going to be a witness for Him in my classes, in my dorm, with my friends around me, if that's your attitude, you're going to thrive at this school. You're going to grow and you're going to blossom and you're going to flourish more than you can even imagine right now. You'll be just like Justin here. Okay? And you guys, that's the deal. That's what God wants to do in each of us. He wants to grow us. But it really takes me taking that bold stand for Him where I publicly define myself as a Christ follower and let people see me for who I really am. Now, a great example of taking a stand is the tank man. There's a picture of him here. Okay? You guys remember this picture? Okay. Nobody knows who this guy is. To this day, nobody knows who he is. But on June 3rd, 1989, there were massive protests with hundreds of thousands of people in Tiananmen Square in Beijing, China, protesting for democratic rights. They wanted democracy in their country, not communism. Now, during that time, anywhere from 200 and something to over 2,000 people were murdered. Nobody really knows, because the Chinese government has suppressed it completely. Two days later, they've eradicated the protesters. They've got them out of there. This is June 5th. Everything seems to be peaceful and calm. So the people in this area, they know, whoa, you know, a couple thousand people just got murdered for taking a stand. So what do you think is going to happen to me if I take a stand, right? They know what they face. And this one guy sees these tanks rolling into Beijing to secure the city from any further protests. And in the middle of the crosswalk, walking to work, he takes a stand in front of this tank willing to die for his beliefs, willing to die for freedom for his people. And I think, what if we each had that kind of attitude? I'm willing to take a stand. You know, somebody might call me a name, professor might dock me a grade, but I'm going to take my stand. What if we had that kind of courage? Don't you guys want that? That's what I want, okay? That's what I want. So I hope that as you leave, that's the kind of people that will be on this campus, willing to take that stand for what we believe in, being true to ourselves, and not just getting drug around wherever other people want us to go. Okay, so here are some opportunities and ways that you can take a stand. You can take a stand, and you can start by publicly defining yourself as a Christ follower. It's pretty simple. Letting people know who you are. Or you could be just like Hetty. Okay, here's Hetty over here. You could share Christ with your friends and roommates. Hetty is addicted to telling people about how much she loves Jesus. It's pretty cool. Just hang out with her for a little while. You'll see what I mean. Okay? Or you could be just like Leah sitting next to Hetty. Leah, I don't know if she ever took a class she didn't share about Christ in. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Okay. Leah was one of these people that every time the topic came up, she'd be willing to raise her hand and say, Hey, this is what I believe is a, is a follower of Christ. Man, what an awesome thing. What if every class on this campus had somebody like that in it? Wouldn't that be amazing? Is that possible? Why not, guys? Why not, right? 
Why not? She still survived, and she graduated. She didn't die. Okay? Just like Mark, Angie, Chris, and Kaylee, none of them are here tonight. Rob is here. I didn't think you'd even be here. He's leaving. <laughs> are you trying to get out of here, Rob? Yeah, sure am. <laughs> we love you, Rob. <laughs> I worked, dude. I got him. Okay. Anyway... Yeah, it's kind of sad, dude. We've been friends for like six years, and he's just, he's leaving for good. We're going to cry. No, we'll go see him in Denver. Anyway, we have all these students graduate from here and go up to Denver where all the money is and uh, get big jobs. Okay, but all these students like Rob last semester, they, they got up in these open forums with the Secular Humanist Club. You guys are there, and they publicly took a stand for their faith. On topics like creation and evolution, on topics like the existence of God and the objectivity of morality, right? The reliability of the Bible, the historicity of the resurrection, and how Christ's answers relate to college students and things that college students deal with. That's amazing. Students did that. You know, I would tell friends of ours this, like pastors and people in churches, and they'd say, Wow, who did you guys bring in to do those forms? I was like, students did it. And everybody would go, what? Are are you guys kidding me? Students did it? So you guys can take that stand. Uh, It doesn't have to be some bigwig, you know, that gets paid lots of money to do stuff like that. It can be you. Okay, it can be David Aduk over there. All right, my prayer for you is this, and this seriously is is the last thing I'm going to share. It's Proverbs 28.1. It says, the wicked flee when, when no one pursues him. Okay, they're scared of nothing. But it says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, I want to encourage you, like as you sit here tonight, you might not feel as bold as a lion right now, but I want to encourage you that as you connect with God, and as you connect with friends, and as you grow closer to God in fellowship like this, you can truly be as bold as a lion, taking a stand for who you really are and for what God has really done in your life. So take that stand, guys, and I want to encourage you right now to think about how you could do that in a personal way, how you could personally take that stand. It could be one of those things I just mentioned, or it could be something totally different. So I'm going to pray right now. Thanks for coming. And uh, we're going to have root beer floats and brownies. Is that right, Linda? Just root beer, just root beer floats. Okay, we're going to have root beer floats tonight. And uh, so after we pray, I'm going to ask you guys to move some chairs around. So let's pray real quick. God, I thank you so much for this night, for all that you're doing in all of our lives. God, I thank you that you give us the power to take a stand for you, even when... So many people are opposing us. God, you're so good to us. We love you. I thank you so much yet again, God, for dying on the cross for our sins so that we could have peace with you, so that we could have a relationship with you. God, you're awesome, and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.